This week on the Push for Lays podcast, we talk about Jim Box that they actually then open on the fourth, and Dan chats about his precious email he sent out. All right, three, two, one. Dan, could you tell me where the uh, keto aisle is, please? Hey, guys. Welcome to the Push Poor Legs podcast with myself, Dan Meek. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, bro? What's that reference to? That is a reference. It's the thing I've written first on my list because I was in Waitrose in uh, South Woodford on the way home. And um, so we were just we were just in the I don't know, alcohol aisle, I believe, as, as I'm normally found in Waitrose. Yeah, and uh, so this this little lad, I don't know, we must have been about like 40, 42, 45, 45. I'm going mid mid forties. So um, lad, is he? He's no, he's just an old, old man. He looked like an absolute melt. Like like he had like I don't know, I don't know what he had. Loads of like random foods and like creams and crap in his uh, in his basket or whatever. I was looking at it, and um, like I don't know other stuff. And he just like had like lots of practical clothing on, you know that kind of guy that's he's just gone in like and uh, go outdoors and just kind of it's just spat up on him. Um, yeah, yeah kind of that kind of lad. Um, he wants you to know he's an outdoor walker. He knows, yeah, exactly. He's yeah, got those. He's always prepared for a long hike. Um, yeah. And yeah, so he was going around Rachel's, and then he I overheard it because immediately somebody said keto. I was like, oh. I've got to yeah. listen to this. <laughs> I would. I'd be the same. I'd be like, yeah, what? I'd be like, what are you I'd like, I just. I literally just stood there, like, I'm gonna just casually pick out my gins, very carefully, <laughs> just take a little bit long. And then he was like, so uh, he was like, uh, excuse me, in a really arsy way, he was asking the what I can only presume is an Eastern European woman who worked for Waitrose. So didn't she didn't have a clue what he was on about. Um, he was like, have he, excuse me, um, do you have anything from the keto diet? Do you have a keto range? And I was like, "What?" <laughs> she was like, "She had no idea." She was like, "She was." <laughs> she, she had no idea. She was like, "Um, uh, so yeah, we have like lots of diet stuff. So do you mean like uh, we have a health section which you can go like it's protein bars and stuff like that?" I didn't show you that. He was like, "No, no, no, no. Um, it's a it's a, and like being really arsy with her. You're like it's a specific diet. Um, it's an actual." eating way of food and he was like you have a free from section correct she was like yeah yeah so gluten free he was like yeah it's like that but it's for keto and she was just like show you where the free form is and she's like i don't think we have anything like that and i really wanted to be like it's not fucking gluten free mate yeah it's not a fucking yeah mate you obviously don't know what the keto diet is because you're allowed anything that's protein or or fat based (laughs) i was i really wanted to go up to him be like uh i know what i'm talking about here mate and you are clearly off your fucking skin. Like, she doesn't care, number one. It's not the same as gluten-free. There's not specific things that say, this is for the keto diet. That's like way- someone going, oh, have you got a vegan section? Yeah, mate, it's the veg aisle. You can <laughs> find it. Like, ridiculous, isn't it? I, I, I'd understand the vegan bit. Like, you get the vegan foods or like the, like, and the vegetarian bit. That's cool. Like, there's, a ve- there's gluten-free, free from. But... Keto is a specific diet. Like that's the Atkins bit, or the the. Uh, have you got the uh, if it fit your macros bit? Is that is there yeah. in the uh, yeah, exa- exactly? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Flexible dieting is is there a section for flexible dieting? <laughs> I should just been in there and be like, uh, yeah, 
is there is where's my flexible dieting section no no it's, it's a diet so is mine yeah yeah mine Should we go? Um, I was just astounded it was so rude as well so pa- like patronizing to the girl I was just like you prick um, yeah, I hate I do you know I also hate Tom? <laughs> do you know I also hate Tom? I hate racists. Do you know, I, do you know Tom? I mean, I yeah, yeah. Tom, <laughs> right, that, absolutely yeah. abused me today <laughs> on Instagram. I was just posting away on my stories, nice and like, you know, just being nice and jovial and friendly to everyone like I always am. And he just pointed out the fact that I've got a ginger beard. He just called me ginger. That was all he said. <laughs> just, I mean, just having a go at a whole race of people there. Go on a march, mate. Don't care. Ah, oh, mate, dreadful from you, that is. Just Before, you. In this day and age, you should know you can't say things like that. You should know. Uh, mate, I, I'll have you know, I've had quite a few compliments on my beard. Yeah, all right. Well, we yeah. just take, take you down a couple of pegs then, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I quite like it now. I quite like the fact I've got something to play with on my head. <laughs> it's not my head. I think, I got it, I think it was because I hadn't noticed it. I, what, to be honest, I hadn't watched your stories in a couple of days. Um, so then I've been Cheers, on Instagram. <laughs> and then I noticed it and I was just like... Oh shit! It's really grown out. I mean, yeah. speaking as a person who also has a beard, and I haven't shaved in a while, and also, ooh, that was exciting. My uh, my barber rang me um, during a meeting yesterday. Literally, he was like, "I'm coming back in on the seventh. I was like, "Yes." I think he just he rang the people who uh, I guess are probably going to be around the area that he's going to go back to, and I was like. Yeah, so I get, I get the worst hair and beard. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this lad has definitely not cut anything. Um, yeah, but you rang me. But yeah, speaking as a bearded person, all it was was just I think <laughs> this is we sound really metrosexual, but I think you need a little comb because it was just puffing out. Yeah, no, I've got, I've got, I have got a little comb. Basically, as the day goes on, it gets a little bit wispy. Yes. Like I, I've obviously got product in it and I shampoo it and everything. Don't you worry about that. I've got it all nailed. But it just as the day goes on, it just gets a bit wispy. It's so gotten just... it's gotten to the point, yeah. It's just like take off some scraggle and then like either apply some oil yeah. and put but it. I'm not out. I'm not at the point where I can do that well enough myself. So I thought, well, I'm better off just leaving it and then going to a barber <laughs> and going, right, you've got this to work with, not some monstrosity and they go, just shave it off, mate, look shit. I'd rather <laughs> go with this and they can actually work with something because I'm not seeing anyone other than on Instagram. I mean you know? it was funny, Chloe just went straight for he looks like one of the musketeers. Wow. I know. I really want you to get a uh, a big mustache. Is your daughter want to come in? You're gonna get raided. She's just there, isn't she? Like, she wants to see Frankie. She wants to see Frankie. Daughter and dog. Wow. But yeah, I like. I, I don't mind it too much. To be fair, I think shampooing it and using product on it daily has helped because. Hello. It's helped. We've been we've we've been waiting for this moment for about two hundred episodes. It's about to say it's the uh, first time ever, isn't it? Think that. The yeah. little one has decided to join the podcast. Yeah, What's going on, Isabel? She, she can't hear me at all. <laughs> no, no, like, no, seriously, though. No, but like, for anyone that ever has the itchy beard, get on the shampoo and the beard oil before it's before itchy, yeah. it starts getting itchy. Like, even if you don't think it's long enough, start then because it makes it feel a lot better. Yeah. What do you What do you think of Daddy's beard, Isabel? Can she say it into the microphone? What do you think of Daddy's beard? Do you like it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's good, I mean, isn't it? That's it's literally good. the only person that I care about. Who, <laughs> I like it, and that's good. Um, but yeah, but no, I, I'm, I told Laura I'm going to get to the point where I need to get like a little bubble for the front. That's the point <laughs> I'm going to get to. With, like, a tie little bubble in the end of it, and then I'm going to cut it. I'll do that. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Be like the it, does, it does get annoying. It does get annoying though. But 
I'm like, do you know what? It's it's just something different and new. And I I never I've still never ever in like since I was in London been to the barber to get my hair. Done. I've always just done it myself. So this is now a reason for me to actually go and have someone do it properly, and it will look loads better than it does now. It's so. good. There's been a few people. One of my other buddies has started his as well, and I, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, it's really really good. And he's like, yeah, most beards 100% are born out of sheer laziness. Um, percent I. Will- <laughs> It's, uh, it's not, but it is, but it is. But then it gets to the point where it actually requires upkeep, and you're like, actually, now this isn't about. This is more annoying than it was before. So <laughs> there is also a bit of a trade-off. What's the uh, neck neck beard situation as well? I'm always trimming that bit because yeah, that's you've got not, to get rid of that. Mate. You don't want to not, connect the chest and the neck together. It's not, not, a, it's not a good look. No. Yeah, I don't like the I don't like the mustache bit. That gets too long. That gets annoying. I have to trim that bit regularly. Yeah, I mean, like the when it when it goes over your lip is yeah, it's like not absolutely no bueno mate like that's yeah it gets really annoying and then it gets really tufty up here obviously where the guys start to have their like whiffs be like curls that's nah, uh... that shit and then <laughs> my other problem i've got is that i obviously and this is gonna sound ridiculous but i actually need to like fade it into my head because obviously whereas if you've got more hair you can get away with it a lot easier whereas me you can clearly see the line that i've where i've stopped like <laughs> shaving it so i need to kind of get good at blending it in so i'm actually quite looking forward to going to barbers and getting it done properly because i've never like i've never had it done so we'll see what happens with that but anyway that's 10 minutes of their lives not gonna get <laughs> um, talking about my beard of all things so there you go um i guess we should talk about something that is current right now and obviously we were all like, t- what oh sorry no, i think no? coronavirus i think coronavirus. oh really it's kind of corona right <laughs> <laughs> you're just telling me that um it's been current for the last four months so we're, we're on we're on topic mate um gym box have you seen the... Uh, the I new- have seen that, and I've seen a few others as well that I've heard rumours of, which is... Mm. Obviously, I've, I mean, risky, I'm but... Gonna, I'm going to just say that, well, obviously, um, I'm doing some work with Gymbox as well, so it's going to be interesting to see how this happens, like, what happens. Obviously, I don't know about it, but we're, we're going to be doing some partnerships with them. Um, and I will be meeting that man who's, <laughs> like, their CEO that's just, like, come out and be like, yeah, let's do this um because of no real guidelines but it's interesting like because there's no i guess proof but i did point out today i was like you can now i was like have they announced the uh the the flight things the safe what's it called mm. have they announced them yeah the, I, don't the, know. I don't know i think it was maybe today or tomorrow that then they announced those like uh, i can't remember the call now uh, bridges bridges, bridges. Um, so in theory you can get on a flight to Spain go to a gym in Spain and come back on the same day but not go to a gym in England and this is the thing you know this is the <laughs> problem is like people are going to start revolting and I and I kind of get it and I understand like I understand the whole the whole thing and I do I think it's crazy that you can get on a plane because the whole thing before was like, yeah, you don't want to be inside or indoors. It, you know, if you're outdoors, it doesn't spread as much. That's the whole thing with the pubs and whatever. And people have missed, I've kind of misinterpreted certain things, but that is to me is crazy. You can get on a plane for two hours, but you can't go in a gym. You're telling me that if it, it, you can't escape it on a plane, like you're going to, if one person on a plane's got it, you've all got it. The yeah. way the air circulation system works, the way it's humid, everything. Well, every, I, you're thought, gonna get. I thought the, the plane air system has changed some of it because somebody was talking to me about this. And it's actually slightly different. And because it gets filtered somehow, it might be okay. I, mean, I think it's a bit of a fucking stretch. But that's apparently why why some of the Manhattan stuff just went through the roof for people who even didn't go out, right? 
it was because uh, like old buildings have shared um, air basically their uh, air conditioning units are on on the roof so all the air conditioning goes through every single flat and it's all shared air and it just gets replicated all the way through right. so it's just like if one person has it in your building chances are they're going to breathe into that air it's going to come into your flat at some point yeah, I just, I just, I, I, can't, which, I, I can't. Which is, by I the way, I, I think probably one of the big reasons why gyms aren't opening because the chances are, if they're in the same building as other offices and other things that are beginning to open, they have shared air. If they have an old, so for certainly at one of the first places, probably a few of them, uh, our one, so you know the Marlowe one, the shared is with the the hotel. Yeah, I just think I just feel that there's such a lack of guidance though because. I know a lot of independent gym owners who are like, I've got 30 people in here at a time, max. Yep, I was like, I've got all these gates I can open, all these shutters. Mm. It's like, it's pretty much outdoors, mate. Like, I've shut off the change of rooms. I it's th- I think it's just a lack of guidance. I think legally, I think they'll be able to get around some of the ones who can, who maybe in like a big warehouse, say, like boils and stuff. They've obviously just moved everything out of the car park. But if you can like just open up, literally take away one wall, you can be like, well, I'm training outdoors. Like, this isn't my outdoor shed space. So I think the argument with that is because I think a lot of the bigger gyms that have to close, like the gym group, third space argument is they can afford it, whereas some of the independent gyms can't afford it. And it's actually, I think there's just, and I think um, I saw John Clark post the other day. Yeah, you got interviewed. He was was saying like he owns obviously a couple of of independent gyms in Worcester. And he was like, I I can't remember the exact post. I don't want to do him a disservice, but it was literally like he's, he's like i can mark out all this space he's like no one shares equipment no one shares stuff like the, the everything's open as much as possible no change of rooms he's like you can't tell me that this is not as safe as a pub or a plane he's like you can't tell me it's not and he's not the thing is he's smart enough to know he's like well obviously they've opened pubs and stuff because of tax he's like i'm not an idiot he gets that but the point is there's no it's just like one gym's the same as every gym and it's like no that's ridiculous like because they've clearly made the differentiation between pubs and nightclubs so it's like, well, hang on yeah. a minute, but but you could argue they're the same thing if you really wanted to. And I think that's the problem is it's like, hang on, if you've got a gym that can hold under 20 people in one go and still function, it should be able to open. If it has a membership base of over a thousand and you're going to get any any one time 300 people in there, yeah, it shouldn't be open. But there's a no, it's just like, no, all gyms are closed. It's like, it's stupid. Yeah. That's the stupid thing about it here. Um, and even if they said, look, you can't use machines or you can't touch things like that and you just had to use equipment that was wiped down after every session, again, someone like that would open because they can use a barbell, dumbbells, kettlebells, medicine balls. It's like other big ma- gyms that have got loads of like machines, like leg presses, and there's loads of plates moving around. Like, yeah, maybe they don't open, but there's been no guidance about it. And the, the reason there has been is because they don't have a fucking clue. They're just making up as they go along, right? That's evident as much yeah. as you know, everyone knows that. But that's the problem is that there's been no thought given to that and it's kind of i suppose their view of it would be we can't have one rule for one and not for the other and it's like no but you could clearly state if you've got x number of people at any one point in the gym you're allowed to open if you don't you can't that's it because that must be based on like why planes are allowed to be because there must be a certain number of passengers you're allowed on there yeah just seems crazy to me like it but Mm. it's super interesting we did actually get the uh the, the sop what's that stand for dan no idea a standard operating procedure yeah jesus you should have one as a business mate i did know that no. <laughs> i thought you meant it as in like a person in the business not as in oh, like right. a thing an sop a standard operating procedure so we obviously have everybody has new ones now for every every i don't know whatever job you have um and ours has been stipulated to us so i had a little read of it today 
fresh off the press. Um, we like our sessions will now be 55 minutes long. I was like, Jesus Christ, I barely trained mine for 45 minutes. Um, then you have to basically stay in the same place. Like there'd be a, like if you're going to train a, a client, grab gather so that five minutes of whatever at the end of the client is preparing for your next one, and you're going to stay in that like the little zone pretty much the whole session. So it's going to be yeah. interesting. I can see how I can see how it could work. I can see how it can work, but I'm just going to be like, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what I do because again, if the weather stays okay, like. I'm going to be still training people outside. I can do all this, that stuff. All I want is like some heavy stuff when I'm in the gym. I'm just going to be yeah. like, yeah, we're just doing heavy, heavy shit. Like we can do all the other stuff outside. I don't mind that. Um, there's no point putting you more at risk by training here. Um, super, it'd be interesting just like set up a, just get a, get a, like a gazebo, almost double gazebos and just put that outside. So that if, even if the rain comes, just do that in like a little guild garden. Yeah, everybody can train. Be absolutely great. This <laughs> gonna be yeah, super. I mean, I'm. I mean, working at Marlebone kind of sets you up for being able to train somebody in one <laughs> single little bit oh, of yeah. space because it is tiny, um, a more PT studio esque. But it's 100 percent easy thing to do. I won't have a problem with it. It's just. Uh, I actually miss training. I used to like. I used to I, that. I firmly believe that that challenge help me become a better trainer oh, 100% yeah. and yeah. I firmly think that most PTs in Thursday should start there before they go to like Canary Wharf do you know what I mean because then you'll be able to fit more trainers in at Canary Wharf then just based on purely on space yeah, yeah. You know, they want to take up loads of space but like, there, there could yeah. be like a hundred Marlebone trainers in Canary Wharf we could just do the yard and we'd be like yeah. oh my god so it's just it's like I said to you just before we came on though like all good trainers right now are showing themselves their value because they're they're they're, they're getting people fit and getting them strong and, and building muscle with limited stuff like that's the reality of it you don't you don't need all the equipment if you're a good trainer yeah be, you know you won't want to stay like this for years but you can adapt for three or four months five months whatever it is and yeah it just it baffles me that all these trainers are like, oh, you can't work out at home well nah, you can't work out at home yeah <laughs> you, could do it. Like, you couldn't help someone but yeah i just think um I think that that's certainly it's a complete tangent. But I think that helped me make, make me a better trainer based on that space thing. Oh, Just yeah. thinking about what you're going to do based on that limitation. Hundred um, percent. One thing that would go through my mind, especially when you were talking about uh, like group coaching and training in a group, but is is train like is like training in a group or training buddies or gym partners going to be a thing of the past? No, because it'll probably be something that you probably like. If they're in your bubble, they have to just be your trainer. <laughs> like, I don't know. Everyone's gonna have their own bubbles, aren't they? But like, right. we've got it with cricket. Like, uh, so if I hadn't sprained my ankle, I'd have been, um, I'd have been back at cricket, and they basically are allowed six people in one net. Everyone has to bring their own ball, and they have to train with the same six people the whole time, and they can't share equipment or share anything. Because obviously in cricket, you don't actually stand that close together anyway. Yeah. yeah. So they have literally have like. You bowl the ball, and then you have like a, a longer walk around, and then you have a, 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 a like a two meters gaps between each person ready to bowl or whatever, and they were just like playing. So obviously a bit different to gyms, but yeah, I think it's going to be that you'll be able to go to the gym with someone, but you won't be able to go with anyone else. Do you know what I mean? It could be that you have to. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I just think if it's with the same person over and over again, it's like what's the difference? And I think that's how some gyms with Group X could do it. Yeah, it'll be like obviously, you have to come to this group every time. We've we've had it so that there'll be limited or basically no, uh, and I, th- I presume anybody who owns a gym listen to this, we're gonna have literally like really small number or 
literally zero uh, Group X classes on the gym floor. They're all going to be in studios, which you can be. And we were like, about fucking time. Um, yeah. <laughs> get off the gym floor. So PT should be. Um, because obviously still the biggest membership is the people who come and do free gym. Like they come and just train themselves. So they need to be, it needs to be open for that. Um, but it'll be, yeah, it's just a case of, I'm sure there'll be a case of everybody's going to be on the app because you have to book through the app to even get anywhere near the gym now. So one entry per day as well, which should be interesting for those people who are like spending seven hours there and just kind of chilling out and doing a little session, chilling out. You can't do that now. You have to fuck off. <laughs> which I'm quite glad about. It's like, no, you got like hour 15, hour 30. You need to get out. Like you need to come and do your stuff then move. Um, and that'll be great actually for those for the apps I'm going to use this wankers twats that like do these massive giant sets that are using every single sorry crossfitters that use these giant sitters <laughs> and use lots of pieces of equipment can't do that now um, yeah can't do it which is going to be you actually then have to sit there and do some strength training one piece of equipment and then do that or just like a dumbbell on a barbell in your little zone. Um, yeah, you can't move it. You can't like go from one side of the gym to the other and just do that. I mean, yeah, it will, it will sort out the trainers who have the ability to train like that as well. And people who do have the ability or maybe chances are you'll gain clients through that because you'll be able to do the session in that little small zone and people will need to learn how to do that. Um, yeah. Should be good. So get good at doing that. Getting to the layout of your gym is pretty important. Um, one of the things I'm sure you always ask, and ditto that, how is your gym laid out? What equipment do you have? Do you have this? I would love to, like, you set like a list of ideal equipment I have for people, and I'm like, do you have this, 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 this? Awesome. All right, we're gonna smash all of this stuff. What else do you have? Can I accommodate? Blah blah blah, and change stuff around. Because um, yeah, there might be like not the kettlebells that you want, or like crappy kettlebells that kind of are those plasticky rubbish that doesn't really sit properly not like the competition ones that me and you have bought like in lockdown uh, you've seen some of the people who have no idea about buying kettlebells they bought those rubbish ones when you like you have the opportunity to buy a perfect kettlebell and you've gone for that like you gotta you gotta get the competition <laughs> size it's just, competition this, cell. Yeah. just the only one that fits wolverson ones they're beautiful um but yeah it's quite interesting but yeah i'm interested to see what my gym's like when i go back because obviously a small like small independent gym in bath and I think they'll they'll have some sort of booking in system and and to be fair whenever I train I'm usually one of the only people in there I think because of the smell they just rather not be near me I think <laughs> but yeah I'd be interested to see when when people go back as to how that's going to work but I I've realised it's made me realise how much I miss the gym like I I've, like we've always said I'm not always the most motivated to go but I never have been to go five times a week but I do miss going three times a week and that yeah. feeling of being stronger and and that and I do I really do miss it. Because I've got the kettlebell, I've got a few things at home, and it's just not the same in any way, shape, or form. Like you can't concentrate or focus or push yourself anywhere near the same way. It's just a means to an end in terms of just some some stimulation. But um, I think even I've realised like how much it affects my mood, my ability to think clearly, my ability to think creatively, all that sort of stuff. Like yeah, and I think I'm I'm even considering I'm considering soon thinking about running as well because I think. I can see now how running would give you that time and headspace away, but not feel like you were training necessarily. Because if you get mm. into a good rhythm with running, you can kind of just get into a nice pace or whatever and you just drift away. And I feel that's what I do when I lift is I don't actually think about much. I just train. And whereas when you train at home, I don't ever switch off my head. I'm always, cause it's not 
ridiculously hard or you have to like think no. about it. Hmm? Hmm. issue with it i don't know it's weird it is weird mate and yeah kind of training at home you never do the full you're not there for an hour or 75 minutes are you you're like 20 25 minutes half an hour bang get it it's kind of like oh i need to do this i need to get this over and done with one if and else every, every yeah there's, just, there's always distractions there's just always distractions as you go to the gym you know what order you need to do everything in you can't get distracted by anything you can't just nip to your laptop do a bit of work that you've thought about in your head or whatever you just yeah i don't know because i have genuinely considered running obviously but, uh, and i know it sounds like an excuse but i was thinking about doing it before i sprained my ankle i was like i should probably actually get out and do some 15 20 minute just like pace runs and then sprain my ankle so i couldn't do it could i so we'll see <laughs> Yeah, you, I'm guessing I, you I'm can't you can't ride your one wheel right now, can you? No, but anyway, I, this is the thing with Bath. Anyway, the one like it's really hard where I live to do it because it's so uneven. But we're moving in a few weeks' time, and I think I'm gonna have to one wheel from there to to the gym. You were saying because yeah. it's just a bit too far to walk. <laughs> it's not. It would just be alright to walk. It's uphill that walking back would kill me, and then. Um, and it's just a bit like the drive would just be a bit annoying and like parking and shit. So, yeah. And it's flatter at the top. So you just come straight down the hill into the city. So we'll see. Uh, and I saw as well today that they have just announced that e-scooters have now been made legal. But yeah. only if you hire them from a big company. You can't buy one yourself still. So yeah. my one wheel is still technically illegal. But it's coming slowly but shortly. It's weird, it's isn't it? Yeah. All those people who are like... So I've, I've seen a few trainers on and I'm like, yeah, those are illegal, right? They're like, what? Mm. What are you on about? I'm like, well, yeah, I, I, it's like, I've they're, been a bit illegal. wary about using mine for that reason. That is like, technically, they could still pull you over and take it off you. It's like, yeah. brilliant. Thanks for that. Take it off me. Because, yeah. Right. yeah, they don't fit in the same um, category as like, a, I don't know, a skateboard or anything like that because it's got a little motor on it. Um, yeah. It's not a bike. And in theory, because it's got the motor, it should be on the like, and, but it's not road legal because you're not going to tax it are you? and make it go on the road. So yeah, it's a little gray area. So I think what they're going to do is, yeah, it's going to be the same classification as those e-bikes, isn't it? And the, 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 those people ride around in London, you see those like giant wheeled bikes and all this kind of stuff that people just whiz on. You're like, how is this guy? He's just pedaling really slowly. And I'm like on my BMC, like racing bike, like how is he keeping up with me? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> this fat Uber guy. And I'm like, this is, this is a monster. I was like, yeah, it's definitely an e-bike. Like, <laughs> he's just pushed a little button to go past me. It's quite. <laughs> uh, um, yes, but, he has. Yeah, mate. Um, but yeah, about Uber Eats, fat loss is a street right? You just got a fat loss. Yeah. My Fitness Pal is an app. It's a game. You got to get as many days as possible in a row. Otherwise, you fail. So yeah, this was my little email I sent out. I sent out yesterday. Yeah. Well, this comes out it'd be yesterday. But um, yeah, like. You remember, like, yeah, it's like with those games. It's like when you play video games on your smartphone. And they're always, all the addictive ones are always like when you get a certain streak, like you get a new high score. Like, I can't remember what the ones used to be now. What was the, te- was, there was one like a Temple Run or something. I remember that temple one. Temple Run on. used to be a big one. What was like the jumpy one? So you kept on going higher and Doodle higher. Jump. Doodle Jump. That smashed it, didn't it? Yeah, there's loads of them. Basically, like, and you start at zero and you just try and like get a streak going and you always try and beat your high score. And I was saying how people think fat loss is like that. And then it's like one false move and you're back to zero again. It's like, oh, yeah, all that hard work for a waste of time, whatever. And people think fat loss is like that. They kind of have this thing where they 
have one bad meal like they order an Uber Eats and then all of a sudden they think that they're back at zero against they go oh fuck it there's no point I might as well carry on eating shit and the reality is it's not it's actually like jumping back into the game again on the same high score maybe like minus 10 and then you go again <laughs> you start again depends on how big you how big you fucked up but yeah no i just sent it and a few people have just said that it's just like a good analogy and they said it's you know the way good way of thinking about it and stuff and i just think people really like have issues with it massively like and it still comes up time and time and time again with clients and consultation calls when i start with clients the first time they do it they think i'm gonna have a massive shout at them or go at them they think it's really bad they failed and it's um yeah it's just something people need to really get over like you can diet well for four or five weeks and ha- even have a week of eating shit and you're still not going to be that much, that, further, that much further back than you think you are. Uh, and most people have one meal and they fucking go off on one and think they're going crazy. But yeah, it was just interesting how I think with lockdown, it's brought to light a lot of people that obviously they enjoy food and it's the one thing that brings them some sort of joy or whatever. And they feel like they can't have any meals in their week that they enjoy because it's like, oh, it's not healthy. Um, yeah. It was just interesting. Like, and I just, uh, I posted today on Instagram. I thought... So I told him on my, my analogy and I was like, it's only a matter of time until some PT steal this. So if you do steal it, at least credit me because <laughs> I've never heard that analogy anywhere. I came up with it myself. So yeah. you know I guess I mean? go retro. I'm oh, sorry, mate. I was just, I was looking up games because I was like, there's got to be more in there. I guess worm, like not worms, snake would have been one. Snake. Yeah. Snake's snake prime. Example. I mean, prime for, the ki- for the kids who are listening to this, snake was on our uh, Nokia 3310. Smash yeah, that. Boy. First. I had a 3210, the old school one before that. Did you? Uh, yeah, it had like a fat old. head, didn't it? it? had a fatter head. Oh, you're old. Um, I had a 3310, was my first one. I then had a 5110, which was the one in the rubber that you could throw around and it didn't break. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure the 3310s were pretty indestructible as well. Oh, they? no, they were bricks. So, yeah, 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 this one was actually designed to be indestructible, though. It was like rubbery, like outcase. It's supposed to be like because yeah. you remember like the biggest things about the 3310s were like you could get they, those are the first that you could get like customizable cases for weren't cases you? yeah you yeah, like yeah. boom put that case on it's just like it's blue great <laughs> yeah it's like it doesn't make any difference but yeah it had snake other good ones there were. did you have a did you have a flip phone i had uh, then there was no. the one i had a flip phone but there was also the one remember the one that was in the matrix the one that had the thing and then you pressed a button and it just came the the, the thing came down it showed down that. Mm, yeah yeah i know i had the nokia one like that i don't know what it was it was like a musical one like music one it, it, it could hold like maybe a hundred odd songs and it was oh, like, yeah. i had a motorola flip one but i can't remember did you have a razor it wasn't a razor no but it was a flippy one yeah i had a nokia flippy one the moment the the razor was like the best flip phone on it that was the yeah, that was the, yeah the, that was one of the first ones that was like colorful and like yeah it looked a bit bit more modern <laughs> I'm going to type it in now. Motorola flip phones. Old. (laughs) Old. Yeah. Where have they gone? I love a flip phone. Ah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's funny how when you think about people like space saving things now, there's no real flip phones now. Oh, my God. This was the one I had. Oh, my God. What was that? Oh, it doesn't even tell you. (laughs) Oh, do you remember the cases? as well? My mum had one of these fucking horrible cases on her phone. It was like a rubber one with a see-through pad oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like every kind of 50 to 50 year old lady of that time had one of those it's such a mum yeah. phone such a mum thing yeah. just in case you spilt something on it or yeah. like put it in your handbag and <laughs> oh my god there's a certain case as well that i feel like every parent or something has right now even with their iphones or smartphones or those the like levery things that just they open up 
yeah it's like the book, book the bookcase book, yeah. thing and it, then it, it looks over like you have on your ipad but you have it on your phone and you're like yeah. why is she what i don't understand this like why do you have it it's like i mean touch wood i've only smashed a screen once um which i think is pretty good but i've got my uh my quad lock case on mine it's pretty which is yeah indestructible so as far apparently as mine was a motorola v8088 a v8088 mm. 8,088. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, 888. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet they go for a fortune. No, no, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. They really don't. I kept some of my old uh, iPhones, to be fair. I've got um, the oldest one I've got left is an iPhone 5. Yeah, I've got. I'm, I've still got my 5S or 5GS. Five, maybe 4. Maybe it's a 4. No, what? it's a five because it's the one with the metal outcase that everyone yeah. was like, oh, it, it just messes the signal up. <laughs> no, it was an iPhone 4, yeah, iPhone 4. iPhone 4, really? What was the first iPhone you had as well? Because we're both iPhone people. We never went. Um, I first had an iPhone 3. Same. I was 3GS. I think I must have got them because the, cause they went, didn't they? iPhone 3, 3GS, 4, 4G, 4, like, or S or whatever. I always got the S version, which came out either six months or a year afterwards. Um, yeah, I remember that. And it was like curved. It was like a curved back. Yeah, curved back to it, wasn't it? Yeah. But the other <laughs> thing as well that the, about the iPhone 4 that I've got, I picked it out the other day. Uh, really small. Really small. Yeah, they are small. The yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, I like. I quite like the size as well. To be fair, mm, some of these massive like iPad things that we have now. I don't get the like the bigger ones, the XL iPhones that don't basically don't fit in your pocket. No, I don't but, get that either. Have you also seen that the next Apple iPhone might be sold without headphones or a charger or a plug? Really? Because there's so many. Because you should have one by now. Well, <laughs> I think they're basically yeah, because there's so much waste. Like, yeah with cables and shit and it's like people are trying to move to like wireless charging and stuff and it's like ultimately everyone's think, got one of these cables plug it into your computer and you can charge it you think like they should probably start doing them with like airpods yeah at some point i, I realize it's gonna be astronomical fee but you think that would happen maybe like a like a shitty one of the new the first versions of the airpods because it's always like yeah. bad bad the wireless the wire ones and they they're, they're like really flaky they probably cost about two pound to make if if that well, there's rumors that they're going to try and force them to go micro usb isn't there and everyone have the same socket oh really that'd be interesting why does everyone just go lightning why does everyone just do these ones that they've got because they're the best probably because the mini usb because there's more of them because everything else uses that apart from apple but mini mini usb <laughs> like plug in is easy though all right, mate. Jesus. <laughs> um, all right. There was one other thing I, I wanted to talk about. It was just a post from a while ago, actually. Um, was about, and it kind of lays into, unfortunately, probably at the time this goes out, a lot of redundancies are happening. And then it's obviously quite sad if you're going to be one of those people that you're letting go. But within the fitness industry, there was a post on um, what you can kind of do within the fitness industry if you're ever thinking about switching careers because apparently right now is the biggest time to switch career correct you just said that yeah yeah but yeah. i think the highest percentage of people ever are thinking of switching their careers yeah so it's just a just to give an outline of what i mean we there's a little post and we wrote down what we were talking about the ptc what um what people will switch to and what you can do with uh like kind of level two and level three 
I think we're the creator level one because it's a nice introduction. Because it seems to be like, where's the, we get we get that question all the time from obviously people that aren't in the industry. They're like, what's the level one? There, there yeah. isn't one. We decided to go straight to level two. What? Yeah. Any sense? Why wouldn't you? Why not? <laughs> it's like okay, and you need level three to start personal training. You can't do you can't do fuck all with level two. Really, you can stand in the gym. That's about it. Yeah, it seems, <laughs> it seems odd when you think about it, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the stuff that you can do, so like career options as you as you qualify through through the PTC, obviously the level three trainer, know of people you can do with. Um, it's like commercial gyms have got like gym instructors, class instructors personal trainers and then believe it or not with that kind of outlet you can look into like reception or sales teams or ops managers pardon me or just or something like that you can go into that kind of stuff we know of people who do uh, and then you've got like um private facilities probably there's loads of private facilities like john clark's for example he's probably got lots of different like aspects like snc coaches or athletic coaches athletic coach more of a background of like uh of, from the u.s right what an athletic trainer needs to be um but there's employed private facility like mine um and then there's like self-employed stuff um i guess which is more like gym bops um yeah and then there's other stuff you can do so in terms of probably what i'm doing right now is mobile training literally going from like place to place or park to park or whatever yeah obviously eats up i done i did five sessions today and it took like I scheduled them right, and they're all roughly in the same area. But is it like takes a bit out of you because you're like, oh, I've got to go there, there, there. There's no like small talk like after the session, or I've just got to run off. Um, it's like boot camp stuff. I think that's obviously going to be a case. That some people you can start running it now outside of up to six people, which is cool because uh, that's still going to be I think big, especially on um, that kind of stuff. So the online training, obviously massive. Um, the one that. I don't hear as much about anymore, actually. I don't know if it's just the circles I'm walking in, but you, there used to be a lot of people pushing for facility ownership, right? I want to bec- I want to own my own gym. I don't hear it at all. I think people are like, I think it's a nice idea until people start looking at the numbers and go, oh, shit, is that much it costs to rent somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I think it's, it's the dream, isn't it? But once you realize how much it takes and... Yeah, maybe you're not hearing so much right now because of everything that's happened. Potentially. Um, then there's other opportunities, stuff like, I mean, your brother were talking about it. There's people um, who go into certain, maybe if you specialise and you start looking at sports-specific based stuff, so reaching out to maybe the profession that you're particularly in. Um, for example, me and you could probably reach out to footballers because we could probably train them. Maybe, maybe better than some of the S&C that's delivered in their... Uh, in their club, quite quite honestly, most of them probably. Definitely. Um, <laughs> but there's there's stuff like that that you can create your business around. Um, and obviously, you can, you don't you can. I think something that I'm not too sure that you and Mike do it, but obviously partnering up with another trainer can be a good thing. I know Eat Lift Lose do it um, with like Bradley and Chris, right? So they like partnering up, so you're both accountable to each other. That's in a similar area. You probably have similar clients, that kind of thing and you're both like going to drive it together. I think that is probably one of the best ways to start out right now. And maybe you get that kind of, I don't know, accountability for yourself, much like your trainers and your clients. Um, and if you're going to run group coaching, just like we talked about the Dan and, uh, 
and Kevin was like, one could be coaching, one could be like checking form, all that kind of stuff. It'd be awesome to do. You can charge a little bit more of a premium for it. I'd like to see more of that, of like two coaches working in a team. Um, I think that's it can like be a little double act, that kind of thing. Um, it tends to do quite well when people get it right. Um, it'd be interesting to see me and you coach together, but I think we just, I don't know. Be strange, wouldn't it? Actually, we taught together, but but yeah, coach. I think it'd be. I I, I think it'd be. Yeah, I think we call it. Yeah. <laughs> interesting, wouldn't it? I'd love to take a group of athletes for like you know over like a summer period, like an off season summer period, and just yeah. go right for eight weeks, ten weeks. We're gonna train. You know, you you might with them as well. That sort of level, depending on how on what they wanted to achieve and how they wanted to get around it. You could even in eight to ten weeks, if you trained a couple of some of those days, a couple of times a day, you worked on conditioning, you worked on gain a muscle and then you, sort, you had someone sorting their diet out for them you can make decent changes in athlete in that sort of time period yeah it'd be interesting to see maybe I, I, people, I do people think could reach people... out to those like amateur football teams that probably do that probably pre-season you could reach out to them because i would have done that if like for some quality coaching just chucked a five quid in if you've got 20 20 20 boys doing that i think it's one of those things like like in the UK, we're always a little bit behind America, but in American sports, it's normal for a lot of players and athletes to have their own nutritionist, their own yeah. PT, their own everything, S&C coach. And it's just a matter of time until over here, people start to realise, footballers especially now, because I think over the last 10, 15 years, you're starting to see now the players are their own personal brands. Like Just like over in basketball and NFL, supporters of teams follow players. So if their favourite player leaves, they follow the player they'll go and support that team. Like Ronaldo, people will support Juventus because he's there and stuff. And it's soon it's going to go that way where it's like, you know what? People will realize that actually they can pay someone out of their wage, not a lot, but they're going to get hundred percent all eyes on them, everything, you know, sorted out for them perfectly. Um, and to the point where, like you said, SNC coaches and, and things like nutritionists within, within clubs may become redundant because, you've got 50 people there not, none of them are really that bothered but if you just had if every player that was bothered about the nutrition had someone to report into it'd make a drastic difference to how they looked and felt and performed and everything mm. but yeah i think it's definitely something that needs to wait we we've we've seen it we've seen already seen it getting bigger and it's just happening all the time so which is good this is quality but i also i've seen i've seen some like there was something called i, I must have been hit by an ad because um, I flick through some of those stuff called like match box or match fit conditioning, something like that, and it just wasn't good. Um, no. It was no. There's there's still some people who are doing that. Fair play, they're doing it. They're going for it. They want their like whole thing. We want to do like a hundred thousand footballers or something like that. But they've got people, and sad to say, it'll be like uh, like Theo Walcott on their program or something like this, and it is just like god awful. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you're like. <sighs> Yeah, he doesn't know any better, so fine. But the coach should, which is sad. Um, and then, yeah, like so uh, part-time, so you don't have to give up all your stuff. Um, I think the shared thing would be funny, would be fun. And then, yeah, different service. So the hybrid coaching, definitely something. Going to be something. It's going to be big. Has to be the new way. New yeah, way of just training. Like, like we said last time, go for it. Like, uh, genuinely, if, if I was in a different point in my career, that's the way I'd do it. 100 percent. that's where i do it i think now i'm too i'm too gone into the online world that it'd be too it'd be too, it's to be too weird to make that that step because it's just not congruent but having said that just looking now actually at my client list thinking out loud i've got now one two three um three four four clients of mine are based in bath so yeah, having said that um 
but yeah, I just think it's one of those things where, like, if you're starting out fresh now, that is 100% the way to go about it. 100%. Yeah. Build the one-to-one in person. Then as that grows, you grow further afield to do online because you've got the facility to do it. Boom. I think with that, mate, I'm going to go have some ragu. I can't believe I, I've never had this. <laughs> Tom texted me before the show, right? And this is what he said. This is what he said to me, right? This is the word I've never, I would never in my wildest dreams imagine Tom to send me this. It says, put a ragu on. We'll be done in an hour on a, in a bit. Can we, can you start early? What? Like, seriously. <laughs> Ridiculous. Anyway, go on, go and eat your ragu, you weirdo. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'll catch up in a bit. Yeah, mate. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>